Howard Lindzen is the founder and general partner at Social Leverage. All opinions expressed by Howard and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Social Leverage or StockTwits. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. Jaws. What's up, K-9? Not much. You're wearing the old coyotes. Yeah. That's cool. That's hip. It's a good shirt. It's a, good it's a little shirt. tight fitting. Well, it should for be. your age. Well, well, then for your body type. Little, hey, a little hey, aggressive. Well, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> don't point out my, uh, my, your my, boobies. Co- my COVID stomach. Uh, <laughs> all right. Podcast 120. You and I are still COVID free. Yeah. We're doing good. Yeah. What happens when you only cough into a microphone six feet away from the other person? <laughs> it stays Shh. there. It's starting to get a little chilly finally. Yeah, I'm, I'm freezing my canutes off today. I wore a beanie for my hike. Really? Yeah. Last week I was schwitzing. Today I was cold. Wore a beanie. Well, I think it was warmer in New York than it was in Phoenix. Today. I so think there so there you too. have it. Speaking of New York, we have a guest in New York, my friend Troy Prince. Troy was a trader, but we're not going to talk about stocks. We're going to talk about investing and onboarding this next generation, which you know I stand for, but this is more on the... Uh, Evening the Playing Field is a charity runs called Wall Street Bound that StockTwits has gotten involved with. And, and, and Troy is just hustling to bring nice. uh, Wall Street and trading to a different class, a different uh, demographic, as you would say. And, but I want Troy to, to tell the story of Wall Street Bound and his story from Wall Street to uh, running this organization because it's really near and dear to my heart because we're contributing and our time and our energy and our network to open up trading and investing to a different generation of people. So you're ready? Fantastic. I am. Absolutely. Do you really care or no? Oh, I do. Are you just phoning it in? No, I do care. Okay, then I'm ready. Then let's get Troy on the phone. All right. Hey guys. Hey Howard. Thanks for having me. Knut. Um, thanks for having me on. Knut, he said it pretty good. Our you guys pleasure. have been chatting a lot. He said it pretty good. Yeah. 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 He's got it down. Well, he's a foreigner himself. So Troy Prince, introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. My name is Troy. I'm a first gen Caribbean immigrant raised in the Bronx, spent several years abroad, uh, but we'll get back to that. But um, I had the good fortune by the age of maybe 15 to be introduced to the stock market. It was after I read Jack Schwager's book, Market Wizards. And after that, I I knew exactly what what I wanted to do with my life. Wow. You were in the Bronx and someone gave you Trading Wizards? Uh, How did I find it? You know, so I think my first interaction was with the market was maybe junior year of high school. So what's that? 15, uh, social studies class and just a fluke. It was pick a stock. Who's ever stock performed the best at the end of the year got five extra points on their final grade. You know, I knew nothing. I wish I could say it was a story of like some deep fundamental analysis by the age of 15. It certainly was not. Um, I think it was Johnny John by luck, five extra points. I'm like, mm, this is interesting. And at some point, end up reading, getting my hands on Jack Schwager's book. And by, let's see, 18, um, I went to Stern undergrad. And by 18, I was at Solomon. By 20, two weeks after graduation, I was on a plane to Tokyo, landed with first Boston. So a straight line from there. Wow. Well, let's just say, I mean, first of all, public schools were broke back then, offering points instead of dollars to the winner. 
<laughs> so nothing's changed, Canute. Now they probably owe them. Point. Hey, listen, you're a good picker. You run the uh, pension next year. That's declining, and you got to make sixty-two percent to keep us on par with uh, the withdrawals. So, uh, so that is quite a move. So, so first generation. So, who moved here? Your parents. Uh, my mother. My dad also Caribbean, uh, but he was born and raised here in the Bronx. My mother came from St. Thomas when she was eighteen. Cool. And um, are they alive still? Yes, alive and kicking. And you are in New York. So, so, so now we're going to flash forward, then we'll flash back. Today, you run an organization, and it's been gathering momentum, at least in our community, called Wall Street Bound. So tell everybody a little bit about that. So, yeah, thanks. Wall Street Bound is basically a passion project. It's an idea I've had for 15, 17 years my story and the story of thousands, if not more, like mine, who, let's say for those that have, have had the good fortune of having exposure to investing to Wall Street, and at some point, you know, I was front office, I was always a trader, um, I started as a junior trader trading assistant, and regardless of how many number of firms, multiple countries, I was the only one on the desk, always. And it was just the strangest thing, you know, growing up in the Bronx, eldest of five kids, Every single one of us with degrees, sister, one of one of my sisters, double degrees, psychology from Columbia, uh, kids in my congregation, on the tennis courts, on the block. You just know that the talent is there. But for some strange reason, it's just never represented on the front offices or, or largely on Wall Street. When I was in school working part time in operations, it was full of color. But, you know, a couple of flights upstairs, it's like a totally different universe. And at some point, I just thought it's odd and if it whenever did come up, it's the air brackets, you know, we can't find them. And so it just became apparent to me that at some point there needed to be a structured, intentional pathway, if not bridge, to uh, pull these two universes together. You know, Wall Street says we can't find them. The demographic I focus on, largely black and brown urban youth, largely, to, you know, to a fair degree, they're not aware but at the same time, we know that they intuitively that they have the cognitive behavioral ability to succeed. You know, I don't think we have to argue that talent and IQ are universally distributed. So I moved back from abroad two years ago and just thought it's time. I'm, I'm 48 and things are not getting much better. So let's get this thing going. Sweet. And so I forget who introduced us, but we randomly met. I love the idea. Then you ran off and started getting it going. And Phil Perlman dragged Stocktwits into this, and now we're we're doing as much as we can. And and so, what's been the progress? I mean, there's been some classes, so it's been great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's been it's been fantastic. So beyond just the daily work of getting the message out there, you know, we've had progress on several fronts. The quality of conversations of partnerships has increased. Um, our latest, most recent boot camp ended August. Uh, with a small college in Brooklyn, uh, St. Francis College, we had Leon Cooperman and Mario Gabelli come on and speak to the students, which was obviously a treat. That was sponsored by a massive uh, fintech company called IHS Market. We're speaking with several Bulls Bracket and other firms about carving out seats for programmatic students for their summer internship programs. We're partnering with the likes of uh, Predictive Index, as everyone knows, with their work with um, Bridgewater on being more intentional about how we use behavioral cognitive analysis to change the dynamic and the traditional sort of conversations around recruiting. 
We launched our diverse trader training program in June, uh, announced on CNBC. Actually, no, excuse me. We announced it on CNBC in June. We launched a first cohort maybe three weeks ago, which is a very unique program that goes beyond financial literacy, financial education, but actually puts the training with capital. So program participants go through... um, virtual online training in either foreign exchange or stock options and end up with live trading accounts starting off with $25,000 over the course of the one-year program are expected to be managing each $250,000 and keep 70-80% of the profits they make. So this is you know stuff that you just don't really hear about. But again, based on the premise, which I think we can all agree that talent and IQ are universally distributed, it's just a matter of connecting them with the exposure, the education, and for this program, the capital. So we're hitting strides in multiple levels and um, just grateful for the support. So how do you put together a curriculum? Is it still about studying the masters? Probably, but Wall Street's changed, right? We've gone into a different world of computers running Mm -hmm. this stuff. And now we go to fractional ownership and decentralization. So how do you start today in a world of Robinhood and fractional ownership and crypto and alts, et cetera? Well, I, I think, Howard, they start where they've always started. I mean, that's the beauty and the nature of the markets based on human and natural phenomenon. And, you know, human nature essentially does not change. Same reason why, you know, I think you and I have read and still would suggest people read, for example, Reminiscence of a Stock Operator. You know, in terms of market fundamentals, market structure, that doesn't change. You know, I still love suggesting Peter Lynch books, you know, the basics of analysis, uh, that does not change. But to your point, for example, we are putting the final touches on a algorithmic development curriculum where clearly, you know, as you mentioned, you know, I'm not even sure if I could get my own job without having my skills in Python, you know, to where they need to be. So in terms of, I think it's what, 60 some percent of daily volume on New York Stock Exchange now is algorithmic. Oh my Um, goodness, 60%. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. And so, yeah, so having stronger math, Having some base level of Python coding ability absolutely is a requirement, and it's something we are addressing. But in terms of the basics and the fundamentals, I would argue it doesn't really change because at the end of the day, price action is based on fear and greed, and that's just a universal, you know, whether it be from tulips in Holland, you know, in 1670s, that part I think doesn't change. But how the market structure and execution, you know, to your point, the technology is marching forward for sure. So five years, what does success look like for Wall Street Band? Have you thought through the vision and, and where that is? and how you know? Of course, of Ooh. course, of course. Because so, we haven't course. had a chance to catch up on this. So, where, so where does yeah. that, what does that look like? So we have three programs. One is what we call the Introduction to Wall Street Boot Camp. And I guess sort of somewhat circling back to your earlier question, we begin by meeting students where they are with the assumption that a large majority of them you know, my community does not grow up with uncles, brothers, dads who are MDs, play golf or, or running desks. And so introductory program to get them uh, more aware of the industry, career paths, asset classes, et cetera. Uh, our second program is Wall Street Direct, which is primarily focused on college students and preparing them for the summer internship programs. But You know, the reality is Wall Street employs 181,000 people here in New York. Between the ages of 16 and 24, in New York City alone, we have 2 million young people. So clearly, there's a pipeline issue from the standpoint of just the numbers. Then when you factor in, you know, the main value we bring of the social capital, 
you know, there's an argument to say that as long as recruiting on Wall Street is based on what it is today, that in terms of real generational uh, scalable change, we have to go directly to the markets. And so I'm beginning to really lean into that third program because the talent is wherever it is. It's virtually unlimited. So is capital. And to the degree that the markets themselves represent, I think, a very unique opportunity where it's an industry where more participants are better by way of liquidity, let's connect those two directly. You could have you know, whatever young man, young lady in the projects, wherever they may be, with the right behavioral cognitive data set. We're using analytical and assessments now to put data behind that. And wherever they may be, as long as we have uh, working with proprietary trading firms, that their model is to allocate capital to independent traders, regardless of, let's say, GPAs, SATs, what sports you played. The long term is absolutely to have Wall Street Bound expand on its mission to connect young talent wherever it is with the markets directly. And at some point, Wall Street Bound more than likely turns into a community investment trust where you have the talent you know, why am I constantly training them as employees for them to go downtown, work from whomever and come back to depressed neighborhoods where those skills can be deployed, where those profits can be reinvested? And so there are multiple ways where Wall Street Bound goes, but it definitely goes towards more connectivity directly with the markets, with, that, with the profits and those skills being deployed in the neighborhoods where the talent rests. Um, and at some point, we probably do start to look like a school as well. But there are multiple ways, but that's sort of the vision as it stands now. That's cool. I mean, yeah, it's overwhelming, right? Like there's so many angles of attack, right? Like, I don't yes. know, like you want to work. I've talked to so many futures traders and options traders and machines, you know, it used to be open outcry, then it's hands. And now it's, you know, it's just, you know, Robin Hood. You know, who, who has the best network wins actually in my that's world. It. Who It's not about it. Everybody has inside information. So how do we teach these kids to build a network? And that's writing, reading, uh, being nice, looking people in the eye, just being everywhere. And social media allows them to do that. It's almost, that is almost the market. So it's just, it's a little bit different. It's kind of overwhelming. Where do you start? But I, I like the program idea where you gotta, they gotta get the basics. Just, you gotta find, yes. you've gotta find these hooks for these kids. I always say learn by doing, but you gotta be 18 to have an account. And so until the Robin Hoods of the world have custodial and we can drag these parents to give these kids a hundred, two hundred dollars and make that part of the Wall Street bound, you know, set up. Um, you know, I'm just surprised that we don't have that yet. You talk about behavior. We need to get these young people actually getting cut and getting overexcited from winning all the time, like Davy Barstool, and then having, you know, 40, 50, 60 percent drawdowns where they feel like where they feel sick about uh, <laughs> about the market. So we know who wants to really be in it. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you hit on a, a couple of good things, Howard. You know, one of the, I would say, almost primary value adds of a grassroots organization like Wall Street Bound is that social capital, that network that clearly, you know, this demographic growing up in these neighborhoods uh, don't have. And so it's an important part of that connectivity to the corporate world where they're learning, you know, skills that just need to be learned if you're going to interact with society at a certain level. It's just it is what it is. You know, uh, we're categorized as what's called a workforce development nonprofit, and we would call that soft skills. And there's just only one way to go about doing that, and that is to be involved, be in those rooms 
And to your point in terms of the ubiquity of the technology, that's just where uh, they need to be. But you and I know that, you know, teenagers, 20-somethings are on their damn phones all the time anyway. So it actually presents a new platform for delivery. For example, we're working on a project now where it'll be white labeling a mentorship app. So wherever students are, regardless of geography, wherever our professionals of color that love to reach out to us, professionals in general, you know, I get calls all the time. I'm a fund manager in St. Louis. I'm a trader in New Orleans, wherever they are, we're able to connect them as a community. um, And then with that community, connect with local talent and local colleges, et cetera. So you're right, man. There's a lot of ways to go, a lot of things to do. But in the end, it's just based on this principle of introducing them to this world and um, and just seeing how far they go. And I'm very excited by it because, you know, we know that given the opportunity, these young people can do lots of things that, that would surprise us all. The number one thing about the markets, more participants, the better. You know, we all need new blood. We need new skin in the game. Uh, can't be the same participants. So the fresher the meat, the better. And obviously... It's such a lifelong game. It just grows and grows. So the younger we get them in, the better chance we get of stronger markets all over the world. Um, And so what was the thing that hooked, you know, I know the book, but what part of the business hooked you? Like, what did you like the most about the business? And what did you hate the most? Uh, Prop trading. I don't know what it is, what it was, but the idea of taking risk, the idea of instant gratification or shutdown, just being wrong and not being able to argue with the tape. Um, you know, I think for myself, it probably is this idea of my view of the world and knowing immediately if it's right or wrong and waking up every day to test my view of the world versus the reality of the tape. Something about that it's intellectual, it's analytical, and of course it's gratifying. And, um, you know, I've been in multiple roles, prop risk, a sales trader, execution trader, but I was only, you know, the most happy when I was carrying risk, like wanting to just hurry up and go to sleep and wake up and do it again. Uh, the worst part, I would say, is or was um, carrying risk and being wrong. <laughs> but it's part of the game. Once you recognize it as such, you know, you grow beyond that. And what do you miss the most? Or do you trade still? I trade, but not to the degree that I used to. I miss trading more actively. I would like to again, but clearly my time is focused on building my organization and what I'm doing now. Um, what I miss, quite frankly, Howard, I miss sitting in front of the screen. Um, it's probably a nerdy, terrible thing to say, but um, I, you know, I, I like reading research. I like sitting in front of the screens. Um, that's what I miss. But you know, I'll, I'll get there again. I still do, but not as frequently as I'd like to. But I'm focused on what I'm doing now is I think the timing is important. I think the message is important and clearly there's a need for it. I mean, I, I don't want to bore you or your audience with the statistics in terms of graduation weights, unemployment, the differences in unemployment rates between black and brown versus their Caucasian counterparts, wealth, income inequality, et cetera. So I'm focused on where that need is and that's what sort of guides me forward. But personally, yeah, I do miss sitting in front of the screens. I must yep. be honest. But at the same time, mm. the real joy is being able to walk away from it for days, weeks, months at a time and knowing that it'll be there. So there's all this, all this education that, that can be dripped into these people. But the earlier we get them onto this, the better. And so how do people reach you? What's the best way to get involved with Wall Street Bound? Uh, absolutely visit us at the website directly, wallstreetbound.org. 
And we're always open and, and happy to have conversations around partnerships, uh, volunteers, of course, donors, et cetera. Um, and feel free to email me directly, Troy at wallstreetbound.org. That's one word, Troy at wallstreetbound.org. And also people reach out to me on LinkedIn all the time. You can find me there. Yeah. And we're doing this great poker tournament, Chips for Charity. Um, right on. And how, how are you working with StockTwits so far? Oh, it's amazing. So StockTwits has been all in. Uh, the CEO, Rishi, has taken charge. Um, we've had the good fortune, as, as you mentioned earlier, um, chief of community um, has just really believed in the message, really believed in the story. And so Chips for Charity came out as an idea of something that'd be fun for the trader, for the investment community, for Wall Street to uh, circle the wagons around a good cause. Something that would be fun around the holidays. People have a little bit more time. And, uh, you know, the idea of bragging rights to be whatever the best poker player on Wall Street clearly has some appeal to all of our sort of competitive natures. And so the idea came about and we're... Um, promoting it now. So we've got, uh, you know, thank you for being involved as well. JC Peretz, Jack Schwager, downtown Josh Brown, and a few other uh, names in the industry who are just all very supportive. And, um, you know, I think it'll be a great event, lots of fun. And for me, it's with my kids, it's seeing learning by doing, right? You know, what Chamath announced, and a lot of people can do this. Like you said, there's the places that sniff out talent and then allocate capital to them and do a split. And, and mm-hmm. now you have people like Chamath announcing in the United States trading U.S. public equities. He's trying to build kind of a modern version of, of what a prop shop is, just like he did with SPACs. You know, stuff that mm-hmm. I've wanted to do with stock twits, but just, you know, we're 15 people and we've never had the real budget to go after this stuff. But, you know, now that I don't, I'm not day to day at the company, you know, working with you and other people outside my day job of investing is, you know, for me, the legacy is more people in the market. That's all I can do is like get as many people excited about investing and educated on this. The learn by doing thing, is there a, is there a way to do that with Wall Street Bound or is it just impossible because the kids are young? Uh, I would say the learn by doing, Howard, speaks to that third program again, the diverse trader training, because, you know, particularly for my community, you know, black and brown youth, you know, even if I found the kid with the right brain, and I put him through Myers-Briggs. He took the FARP trader type assessment and all the right assessments, and he has that right brain. You know, what do they say? The average American family doesn't have resources to even survive a single medical... It's crazy. The numbers um, are crazy. Yeah, yeah. and, and there's, a, there's a stat out there that the median black family by the year 2053 will have zero net worth. So the idea, you know, this last mile on so many different levels is access to capital. And regardless with my first two trainings where, you know, they'll leave my program and have their first FINRA certification, the SIE, they'll have their first level CFA certification, the investment foundations, which is all great for that Wall Street path. But outside of that, you know, if I have a kid crush Excel, you know, in our program, in our uh, Wall Street Direct, you know, we do three statement LBO M&A modeling, but I can't have a kid crush that, go to Goldman Sachs now and say, hey, fund my first private equity deal. Or he take sure. that, that Excel sheet to the bank and say, hey, fund my first flip in my crappy neighborhood. But thankfully, we do have this industry that as their existing business model does allocate capital to traders. If you can prove to them, you can be a responsible steward of capital. And they know that, again, doesn't matter who your dad was, where you went to school. And so the idea of that last mile for my community or in general, just access to capital 
absolutely is this idea of leaning into the prop model where it's a much easier conversation to say, hey, this is not charity. We will absolutely will maintain your same targeted risk-adjusted returns. All I'm asking is we shift the lens of the recruiting pipeline, nothing else. That's a much more difficult conversation to have with Wall Street because it still is based on the traditional metrics for the same few schools, the same uh, uh, hiring managers. You know, he can go in there and crush everything. They make a joke. He doesn't laugh. He's not a cultural fit. All that goes away when the true arbiter is how your brain works and what are your results. And I love that as the basis of the markets because it's the true democracy. When you're sitting there pressing the button, wherever you are in Beverly Hills, the Hamptons or the projects, you press buy or sell. There's no one else to look at, no one else to blame, no one else gets the credit. That's on you. And I think that's the thing that Wall Street Bound wants to give to the world. And to your point, that's how you get access to uh, the capital that not only you learn by doing, but can also at the same time have generational impact, certainly neighborhoods nationally, if not globally. How would we get applications for a program as far as Saudi Arabia, Africa all the time? Do we need to move to the States? I'm in South Africa. Can I join this program? So that's sort of the bet I'm making where I think it can go with scale and with multiple levels of impact. I'm going to leave it there. We could talk forever about this subject, but I don't want to muck it up with my own nonsense. Very exciting. It's an important, I think you're starting to pick up some steam here. Wallstreetbound.org. Troy, did I miss anything about, you know, because this is about uh, your organization. What, what, how else can we help you? Is it people? Is it volunteers? Is it different cities? I would say, namely, it's people. It's always important for us to continue to find ways to get the message out there, um, introductions and it's the platform that it's the most important thing for us to uh, continue getting the message out. Otherwise, you know, connectivity with Wall Street, but that's an ongoing conversation and, and allies, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Wall Street has this idea that it's based on meritocracy and that's probably for another podcast, but you know, at the end of the day, we know it's, it's the networks, as you say, you know, Charlie Scharf very infamously two weeks ago say we can't find them. And it's well known that he got his first job because his family was connected to Jamie Dimon. So, you know, what do you do with that? Yeah. No. What do you do with that? And so never have we been closer to spotting talent and never have we been more negligent about using the tools to spot talent and give them access to capital. It's a miracle when That's it right. happens. That's right. So, so That's keep, right. keep plugging away. We'll see you in the, in the poker tournament, wallstreetbound.org. Is it just you or do you have, do you, are you getting some other help now? So, yeah, um, as of the George Floyd moment, we've gotten, uh, you know, we've got a lift on that, which we're grateful. Just hired a VP of development uh, who's starting with us next week and interviewing as we speak for an executive director to help me with more of the uh, administrative day to day so I can focus more on strategy and other things. So we will be a team of three, which is quite ex still very small, but quite exciting for, for, for me that I've been uh, pulling this together on my own for the last year and a half plus um, by myself. So we'll, we'll be a team of three within weeks. All right. Keep cranking. Let's uh, let's find our next great Chamath or, or Phil Perlman or maybe even Canute. Find another Canute. <laughs> There's probably a Norwegian underprivileged kid somewhere that's a great trader. Could be. Could be. Yeah, and that didn't sound... It's, a, it's very dark there half the year, which is not conducive to trading. <laughs> no, so I made that up. All right, buddy. So I will see you in the poker room, uh, wallstreetbound.org, and the Chips for Charity thing that we're doing with StockTwits. You go to Chips for Charity. 
chipsforcharity.stocktwits.com. That's chipsforcharity.stocktwits.com. Or hit us up, hit Troy up, hit Howard up. We'll get you in the tournament. It's a hundred buck buy-in. It's all for a great cause. We're going to send thousands of kids through these programs and get them access to capital and get them trading against us. It makes us all smarter. All right, Troy, keep up the battle and good work. And we'll keep sending you leads and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks much. And for everyone, uh, the tournament is Saturday the 21st at 2 p.m. Yeah, that's November 21st. So, we, we, you know, people will come back to see this after the fact. So WallStreetBound.org for that. But if you're listening live, yeah, if you're listening to this podcast next week, it's uh, November 21st. All right, my man, we'll talk soon in the streets. Thank you so much again, Howard. See you. Take care, Knut. Thank you. Take care. K-Nut. Hey, hey. It's pretty good, huh? We're starting oh, to do some yeah. nice things. Oh, yeah. It's very rare for me to chip in on anything, as you know. <laughs> that is not even true lunch. at all. Even <laughs> lunch, I try even and disappear. Lunch. I'm like Larry well, David. I'm up taking a poop yeah. all of a sudden. Howard, that's your fourth poop of the day. <laughs> I'm just hiding out there while you pay the pizza guy or something. Exactly. Oh, I lost my, left my wallet in the car. Yeah, the old left my wallet. You know what my new one is? I don't have a wallet. <laughs> Why should I? I'm uh, low on Venmo is what I tell people. But anyways, it's nice to be in an age where I can actually give a little money, not just my network. And so I'm trying to, uh, it's the only thing that, it's the only thing other than like finding entrepreneurs that, I, that is interesting. I'm so bullish on, on talking to young people, seeing my own kids, one who loves it, one, eh, but the bulb will go off. Um, and seeing so many young people on stock twits and then Robin Hood. And it asked, is so cool. Yeah. And ask me, ask me questions all day. They, they're asking the right question. And the only answer is try something. One mm-hmm. share, two shares, 50 bucks. You're even into it. It's so accessible these days. So accessible. All right. So, uh, we will be back. This is a panic with friends. This is a little bit of a different episode. We went uh, deep talking about how we can all give back and, uh, widen the amount of people in the game, in the business. Uh, in the markets, because that in the end is good for all of us. So um, two times a week, we do Panic with Friends. We uh, talk to traders, investors. We talk to venture capitalists, talk to entrepreneurs, obviously. Uh, Follow us on Spotify or Apple under Panic with Friends or Google. Uh, Search my name, Howard Linson. I have a free daily blog about trends and the markets. And uh, you, uh, Knut, my sidekick, Knut Jensen. Hello, hello. And uh, Stocktwist, thanks for distributing. We'll see everybody soon.